Hello and welcome to the Out of Space Games podcast, episode 15. So we are back after a break to do the Call of Cthulhu podcast. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Um, as we are getting closer and closer to the holiday season, it feels like a ton of the games that we saw at Gen Con are coming out, plus a slew of other ones as well. But let's just get into it. My name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm David. And I'm Jared. So yeah, hopefully a lot of you were able to listen to our actual play podcast. Chaosium, the publisher of Call of Cthulhu, actually shared out our link on that. So I feel like we have a lot of new listeners, at least to the actual plays. Not sure if that'll translate to the uh, regular podcast, but we can hope, right? We're about to lose them all right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I'm still fighting off a little bit of a cold. It's not the same one I had last time, but... It's this sinus thing that's just been getting at me. But hopefully my voice is a little stronger and we can power through it. What do you guys want to talk about first? Uh, well, this afternoon we actually got to jump on the Ask Me Anything with Sandy Peterson on Reddit. So that was kind of cool. He answered a couple of our questions. Yeah, so Sandy Peterson, designer of Cthulhu Wars. He also, first edition Call of Cthulhu RPG. Some other games from back in the day, uh, Doom, Age of Empires, he was on those creative teams as well, helping to, well, I guess, design the games. He's always been, I think, rather forthcoming with what he can share in terms of like knowledge about both the games he's designing. And people look to him, I guess, for Lovecraftian, for Mythos items anyway. In some ways, he's created a lot of the Mythos creatures and monsters himself well i guess through the rpg so created some monsters or fleshed out their description and made them into i guess the classic versions we're all used to if that makes sense so i don't have his complete history of what he's done but some very well-known lovecraft creations and especially our modern day interpretation or how artists represent those images he kind of uh, created their their look and everything so yeah wasn't he a part of the i don't know like monster guide basically for your yeah so call of cthulhu so for the cthulhu they had sandy peterson's field guide to monsters Field guide that was it yeah so they actually just updated that very recently jared did you get your free copy of that i didn't download it yet okay (laughs) they're really cool though um they've updated all the artwork so it looks really really nice the PDFs are gorgeous with just really slick looking modern artwork, but it, it's almost like it'd be a nice like um, coffee table book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you really wanted to creep people out while they were yeah. like visiting your house for the first time. like, <laughs> Or if they really like it, then you know something about that person. So what did you ask on the AMA, Sean? I was just asking what if he was reading any of the like modern uh, Cthulhu literature and Sandy replied that he was, uh, he always likes to go back to Lovecraft himself. And he just recently read one of the stories that Lovecraft wrote. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. And I can only imagine like how many times he's, uh, reread all the stories and stuff. I still need to make my way through the, the original stuff. Usually it's the language that, <laughs> yeah, that gets to me. <laughs> For sure. The story he mentioned was a thing on the doorstep, so. Yep. I thought the AMA was really was really well. I didn't log in and uh, ask a question because I was you too suck. lazy to log in. Oh, gosh, <laughs> really? oh. Well, I was at work and I couldn't remember what my password was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I had fun reading through a lot of the answers. Um, Sandy's responses I thought were a lot more like down to earth than I feel like most AMAs are. I think a lot of AMAs, like, people are trying to, like, have an agenda almost, you know. Oh, yeah, like, they're trying to spin positive or, like, generate. 
Yeah, they're trying to or they have like their buzz publicists with them, and they like hold yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. And it seemed like you know, while he does have what onslaught two going on for mm-hmm. um, Cthulhu Wars, he wasn't really pushing the game unless people asked about it. Yeah, um, which was kind of cool to see. I like kind of hearing some of his input on other, you know, like other people's interpretations and like what Cthulhu games he likes to play that are you know not his own. Um, because I feel like we have such like a flood of Cthulhu games out there. It's kind of hard distinguishing like, you know, good from crap at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I know Reddit does have like a a rule against AMAs. You can't have one that's specific to your Kickstarter or your crowdfunding thing going on. But since he has the, I guess, the diverse background, I knew it wasn't going to just strictly be Cthulhu Wars. And I am glad it wasn't, you know, people just asking about that. So I, I asked him just a couple of questions. I had heard he was working on a, a miniature skirmish game. And I just wanted to clarify that it was like mythos based because I'm guessing that he's writing the rules so you can basically use Cthulhu Wars minis. Because essentially if you've backed Cthulhu Wars, or I should say if you get every miniature that's available in Cthulhu Wars, you basically have the largest like collection of Cthulhu mythos monsters in miniature form. Yeah. Kind of all in one fell swoop. So to be able to use them in, in another skirmish thing. I find that kind of interesting that way if you don't want a board game and, and uh or maybe you have friends that just like to war game. That's a way to get them to be able to use the cool miniatures in a different setting. I, I was just curious, so when you backed the original Cthulhu Wars Kickstarter does that include everything that's a part of Onslaught 2, or are you having to back again with Onslaught 2? Onslaught there's 2 options. Has, yeah, there's new miniatures. So there's a, one completely new faction, which puts us up to eight, I believe. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there's options where you can um, just get the new stuff if you were a previous backer, and also if you're new to it, um, there's pledge levels where you can get the original core game and then also um, add-ons from the new wave. So there's stuff for new and old backers. Um, he did errata some of the rules and just very small tweaks. So even if you if you backed at one dollar, you will get those upgraded sheets and, and rules and stuff. So yeah, there's plenty of new content, but I don't know. He's played the game hundreds of times, which. Blows my mind I wish in some we had ways. Played it hundreds of times. I know. <laughs> like I, I just want to play it some more. I feel like one of these days I'll just go to Evo and find some people and sit down and play it. First, because it costs so much, which is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get <laughs> your money's worth out of it. Yeah, exactly. Wait, wait you, you gotta know. keep quiet. Don't let the wifey know. <laughs> it's okay. I'll only have them listen to the actual play, so I'm safe there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting. So. I guess I didn't mean to talk about this so much, but Sandy's first project on Kickstarter was a game called Cthulhu World Combat. Similar in some ways, probably mechanically to Cthulhu Wars, but it was meant to be like an iOS mobile game where you played as an actual great old one and um, fought against the other guys. And that, yeah. like, f- it failed miserably, like, terribly. <laughs> I saw you ask him about that. Yeah. Well, because I think it'd be cool if someone were to license like Cthulhu Wars and, and make it. Yeah, there's studios out there that sit there and take board games and make them into, you know, apps. So and uh, Play by Forum, which Board Game Geek, a lot of people do Play by Forum, in which you basically takes a lot longer, but it's like chess by email. You know what I mean? You that'd be to- terrible. <laughs> Got to wait a long time, but. Yeah, that's that's basically how it happens. Someone says, <laughs> I, "I do this," and then the next person goes. You know, I mean, I think they so have it's like limits, playing like... a game with Dave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can just like get up and walk away. And see Only you later. Some of it. <laughs> Only some. Of I'm sure some of them have rules, like you have to respond within like an hour or two. I don't know, but anyways, I'm not saying it's my preferred way, but it, it'd be cool to have um, Cthulhu Wars online or to be able to play against maybe AI or something. So he said he's not interested in, in doing either of those things, either revisiting Cthulhu World Combat or do 
his own version, but he would gladly license it out if someone wanted to take the reins and do that. So after all that completely failed, he was like, well, I'm going to try and, and make a board game. This is going to be the last time I, I try something in games. And if nothing else, I get to, you know, get this out of my system and whatever. And then Cthulhu Wars made, you know, 1.4 million or something for its first Kickstarter. So I guess it's, it's pretty cool to see him, I guess, refine that success. Because we've t- talked about how Call of Cthulhu really did launch this interest back into Lovecraft and what he was doing or his works. And now it's pretty big again in, in Cthulhu Wars is kind of on the forefront. They call these like Cadillac board games where you're not just buying the game, you're buying all the fluff and stuff with it. And I feel like this is definitely one of those games. It's You're going to go big. You might as well go as big as you possibly can. Maybe not as a backer, but that's his design mentality. Like, throw everything out, leave it all out on the table, because why hold anything back? Which, I guess it's admirable and it's worked. But there's a solid game behind it as well. Yeah, I'm glad he's successful. I kind of wanted to mention just something about Sandy in general. Um, you mentioned, you know, he used to be in video games. And really, when I think back, I've never been, like, a big, like, first-person shooter game, or, like, fan. But I did love, you know, the old Return to Castle Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3D, Doom, Quake, a lot of games that Sandy was involved in. And I think part of that was, I think military shooters to me are just kind of, they kind of just get old. I, I really liked that horror aspect of those shooter games of, like, the first time I ever played, like, Doom, you know, like, in the dark with the lights off and, like, the, the like, headphones on. Man, that first time you hear like the like the pig snort behind you, that's like <laughs> crap your pants scary. Oh um, yeah, I ran. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like like new games don't have that anymore. Even though it was so simple, it was just like a little audio track, but like it was legitimately scary and and now it's just like, "Oh, I died. I'm going to go respawn and then I'll die again." And if you could I would love to see somebody try to capture that true like fear in a standard like first person shooter game as opposed to just like a portion of it or something. It's in there a first person shooter game like that called Fear? <laughs> well oh. Yeah. I don't know if you did you yeah. ever play Fear? I like, never did. I just I thought it was a I wasn't that big of a fan of it. I, uh-huh. I mean Did you put, just play the first one? I got like the bundle on like a humble oh, okay. bundle indie bundle. So I played all of them for like twelve minutes. Yeah. Just like I do every time I do a humble indie bundle. Um, Did you play Evil Within? <laughs> I've not was played made Evil by the Within. original Resident Evil uh, director, I think. But like, I never thought the Resident Evil games were like scary. Oh, it the, when it first came out, it was scary. Yeah, well, yeah. Maybe. The, the control setup also helped. Yeah, the drive that controls. fear. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw a zombie, I ran too. That was freaky. I I think me and Jay like ran out of the room. <laughs> I did. I think. Yeah, I mean Resident Evil no, 1, like, definitely. N- not just in the game, like in real life too. <laughs> yeah, Resident Evil 1, it was a sleepover when I first played that, man. Oh my god. Because everyone was basically asleep. I was like, shit, I can't fall asleep. I'm going to put this game in. <clears throat> it's like, you know, 3 or 4 in the morning. And, you know, you come across that zombie eating that dude and he stands up, turns around, starts walking at you. I'm like, fuck no. Power button. <laughs> 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 Yeah, that was some freaky stuff. And then the dogs come in for the first time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of great moments. I think you can still talk about, even though they're looking back on them now, they're jump scares. But, you know, I'll occasionally play Resident Evil 2 over again. And it's a lot about building that atmosphere, you know? And I think it's cool that it still works. Uh, even though you know it's coming, like, I know the liquor is going to smash through that glass and it's still like, gets you every time i think the the latest one is until dawn which is basically set up like a horror movie and then it's not a shooter and i think it's third person but yeah basically you're trying to survive as a character in a horror movie situation and you make like on the fly decisions but yeah i mean there's there's still some game that can capture the horror elements and then i always like watching people play slender uh on youtube 
where they're just like freaking out. Yeah, wasn't there like a was it Metro twenty twenty two last light? That has some horror elements. What was that? I'll find it. But it was interesting you mentioned fear because the developers of that game, it's Monolith. They made Alien vs Predator two, which I felt the Marine campaign for that was terrifying. Yeah. Part of it was maybe the limited graphics, but it was still all atmosphere because, yeah, because thinking back on it, even if they made it nowadays, it would still work. You had that motion sensor that would just go off. And sometimes there'd be like suddenly like five of those dots moving towards you down this dark hallway where you can't see anything and and your battery is always an issue. So you just toss a flare down and then you suddenly see like five of them in your face coming at you. I mean, it was absolutely terrifying. Plus, you shoot them and their acid sprays on you, so your guy is like <laughs> screaming too, and the whole way you're backpedaling. I don't know. Okay, Outlast was the game I was. Oh yeah. I don't know if you heard about that one, Jared. No. Okay. It's pretty cool. Even watching the um, IGN did a playthrough of it, and even Alien Isolation, uh, the one I've been playing lately, has a lot of that atmospheric horror. Get scared. Yeah. I know that was kind of a tangent onto horror. <laughs> so the conclusion is, Jared, there are still video games that will make <laughs> you crap your pants. Yeah, I just feel like it. The when Doom and Quake came out, that was kind of more of a like the theme of the industry almost. Yeah. You know, and and I feel like it's just gone away from that into yeah, military I, I shooters. Into yeah. military shooters, yeah. Military shooters and zombie mode. <laughs> So speaking of military shooters, uh, one board game we're going to talk about today is called Warfighter, a tactical military shooter board game. (laughs) Are are you proud of that? I love the segue. (laughs) Hey, that works. That gets us back on track. So it's actually a really fun military shooter. As long as you follow the rules. Yeah. That's a lot of words. <laughs> it is a lot of work to follow the rules. There's a lot of damn rules. Yeah. So Warfighter is from Dan Versen Games, DVG, who are known for their, uh, basically, their war games. A lot of these are solo war games, but with a ton of, I guess, chits and counters and cards and a lot of very fiddly, I guess. But they're games you're supposed to sit down at and, and play for a couple of sessions, run an entire, like, basically military campaign where you are in charge of, I guess, all the decision-making involved and everything. But Warfighter was a Kickstarter game, and it quickly became their um, highest, fastest seller, which is a pretty big deal considering they've, they've been around a while. But a quick gameplay rundown of Warfighter. Warfighter is a cooperative solo or cooperative board game that scales from basically as as many people as you want i guess it'll just get more difficult to keep track of everything that is going on but we've tried it with three players with four players Uh, i've tried a solo mission before as well i think it's pretty fun game it's cooperative but because it's not strictly a board game so it's basically all cards so you choose an objective you choose a mission and then you have certain location cards between where you start and your final, I guess, objective. And your characters will move across those locations, fighting in different locations around the world. So you can choose to fight in the jungle against like drug cartels, or fight in the Middle East against uh, insurgents or the military. And in one of their expansions, you can choose like Europe and fight against some Eastern European adversaries. But the game scales and difficulty setup for the game is actually really important. And I think it's one of the really fun aspects of the game. So before you start, after you've chosen your mission and your objective, you choose how many soldiers you're going to take with you and how you load them out, which is capped by the objective limit. So you can deck them out with different types of weapons, grenades, equipment, you know, night vision goggles or like red dot sights canteens, armor. So just a ton of customization options. So, you know, Dave takes forever to make up his mind what he wants to do. Really? That's not even true in this case. Yeah, because we, we did it for you, that's why. Yeah, I was out of the, out of the room. <laughs> so. <You're> t- <laughs> <laughs> 
I have or to worry about that. Yeah. Okay. No. I don't know. I mean, it is a fun game, and um, even you know some of the thematic elements, like in terms of the uh, like the dice and stuff like that, play into the the warfighter. They're they're bullets. That's what your dice look like. Um, and I mean that initially was one of those things where I was like, why have dice bullets? I mean, I get it, but it turned out to be a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, just because of the way they roll and. They add Sometimes suspense. they don't stop rolling. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll land on the number that you want and then slowly roll away from it to something <laughs> terrible. But yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun and there's, it's never the same. I mean, we played twice. I played twice, but it was completely different each time. Even we knew the rules. So, <laughs> but yeah, cause you can, it, there's a card drawing aspect to it, uh, for enemies and, um, how they're assigned their aggro as well just completely changes how the game plays every time. So, yeah. Um, it, it's like an incredibly difficult game. Yes. So <laughs> the, the, the first time we played it with the completely wrong rules and we got, yeah, that completely seems to happen a lot with you guys. Well, that, <laughs> that rule book is literally like 40 pages long. Yeah. So that wasn't, it was our fault, but I feel like it's justifiable. <laughs> um, the second time we played it, I felt like, did we wipe like almost immediately? So we restarted, right? Yeah, we did have to restart, but was that why? Yeah, I guess or, it was. Or did we have another yeah. rule wrong and we restarted? No, Anyways, I think we just got, we got smashed really fast, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we, well, we had no was. chance. Well, basically our first spawn screwed us. Because yeah. of the location that came out, there was like seven guys, and one of them, oh yeah, couldn't was being blocked by other people exactly, and he was causing so many other respawns. So yeah, and we couldn't use one of, I think we couldn't use one of our guys too. So yeah, it was that was pretty rough. Yeah, I mean it's pretty luck dependent, especially there are like nine, I think expansions. If you're talking playable expansions, there are seven, but that's still over four hundred uh, extra cards. That you can throw in to add variety. The gameplay is largely after you've done all the setup and chosen your loadouts. It's based on the um, action card mechanic. So you have an action deck that is uh, gigantic, but all your moves basically come from that. So you but start they do with... not count as actions. Very yes. important. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what screwed us up the first game. They're called action cards, and you only get two actions per turn. But action cards don't count as actions. You can play uh, as many actions as you want. Yeah. Isn't that confusing? Yeah. yeah. That's just really bad terminology. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. There's also a time component. So you are working against the clock. If you had a unlimited clock, you would probably be able to complete most of the... I mean, you might die. Mm-hmm. Just get overwhelmed. But you are working against the clock and everything. So, anyways, actions let you um, support each other. What's cool is there's you're as a squad, so there's a lot of team mechanics. You can almost always, uh, if you're earning experience by killing your enemies, you can always use that experience to boost your actions. So it might say, like, plus two to your shooting. And instead of giving that to yourself, you can give that to your entire team by spending experience. That was a cool mechanic, so certain turns we would all load up and be like, okay, we have this combination of actions that'll, action cards that'll uh, (laughs) allow us to really go for combat this turn. It was interesting, though. Uh, We each had different roles. I think I was the, I had the grenade launcher on my M4, so I was kind of a, a range, I guess, support. Yeah, and you just totally, like, just destroyed people. Like, when we would just have, like, groupings of guys, we'd be like, all right, Jay, like, you need to do some work here. Yeah, lay some cover fire down. Yeah. <laughs> I played more of, like, a stealth role, so I had, like, a, a silenced MP5, and with combined with some actions cards, it made it for, like, a free, like, kill as long as it was a stealth attack every round, which I think really helped, especially in the early ones when we just had to kind of wipe people out fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dave was a sniper. Yeah. I mean, that was interesting. I think when I got some good cards, like, it was 
just rock and roll. Like, I couldn't miss the roll, basically, and every hit was a kill, so... Yeah. I don't know. I find it interesting that there are a lot of war games, but there's not that many, like, board games that have that, that are war, war games. Yeah, you know? Because even Axis and Allies, there's there's no, like, squad-based or, or more more focused war games like that, where you have infantry fighting other infantry, which I think people obviously like. That's why video games are multi-gazillion dollar industry. I think that's one of the reasons why Warfighters is so successful, is because it kind of... It was lacking in the genre. Yeah, and it gave people that tactical decision-making, you know, who are we going to shoot, who do we take out first, who we prioritize as our targets, and then set our best marksmen to take care of those situations is enough of a tactical thinking that it gets people, I guess, wanting to play that game. And I know a lot of war gamers even uh, checked it out, probably because of DVG's history, but after they got there, you know, it really does a pretty good job of writing that line in between those two subgenres. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, Sean. Good contribution. <laughs> <laughs> what up? I don't know. It's probably one we'll play again at some point. Yeah. It's a game that, if you're short on time, though, you should probably have somebody set it up before yeah. uh, before you get there. You just leave it sitting out. I don't know. I'd be interested to see more games kind of filling in this that genre, though. I think it, there's a need for it. Maybe will even make a game to fill. Maybe one day. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, we, got, we always have ideas cooking around. Like the Cthulhu cooking game. What? <laughs> what? Barbecue tentacles. <laughs> That's my next idea. <laughs> There's just so many games out there right now. I have like five of them sitting next to me. Like I haven't even had time to play yet. Yeah, in the past month, I've gotten four games. I haven't even unboxed all of them. Yeah. And I still have Ghostbusters, I think, just like shipped out like this week. So I should get it within a week or two. Cool. Oh, yeah. Did they send tracking info on that? I'm supposed to. I haven't gotten tracking info. No, I just got the ship naked, like. We have your boxes. Yeah, it's it's still kind of crap because Evo got theirs last week. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typical big name screwing over the Kickstarter backers. Yeah. It seems to be the trend now. Yeah, all the my my box is gonna be huge. I'm gonna have to like find like a spot for it. Yeah, it's basically like through the wars. I got some extra stuff from from my journey shipment into. Yeah. Some resins and stuff. So something we've been up to. We're part of a couple of play tests, so. Uh, we can't talk too much about the games, but part of the reason why we've been a little quiet, besides life getting busy, is we've basically been playtesting like three games, and then I just received a review copy today of another game, so we'll be unboxing that and reviewing it for the channel. But we're definitely getting busy, and um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like we've really found exactly what this podcast is every week. You know what I mean? Like, we, we yeah. started off more as Kickstarter, and, and we'll go back to Kickstarter at some times, but... I just think we have so many things Listeners? going on. You know, we have, like, our game... We have game design. <laughs> yeah. Nice, Sean. <laughs> Maybe if you would share it out to all your people in California, we'd have more. <laughs> it's always me and Jay sharing out to our four friends. No, I share it out to my friends. They're just haters. But, you know, we have game design. We have the Kickstarter stuff. Man, I feel like we could do an entire podcast just on us running RPGs of different varieties. And storytelling. Even, oh, man. You know, I played Werewolf the other day, or Mafia, if you want to call it. You know, someone else ran it the other week, and it's just a huge difference in terms of, like, storytelling and stuff. Yeah, they were terrible at it. (laughs) I didn't say that, but... No, I did. But yeah, I think we have so many interests because we're not just like the group that just wants to play games. We're interested in, or at least, yeah, no, I'll, I'll speak for the group. We're interested in um, <laughs> the design process, how people think about things, 
how they're getting their games made, you know, who's out there and just talking to other people because I think we generally have genuinely have a, a love for games and for the industry and whether you're a fan, a creator or a combination of the two, I think we're just eager to be a part of that, to talk to people and to participate playing games, designing and all that. So it's really interesting being playtester. We still are working on our, our own game, but trying to play all these other games that are already out there that we're also excited about too. Oh, like I was going to say earlier, I popped into the Cthulhu Wars comments on Kickstarter just because uh, I couldn't sleep or something. I try not to go in comments anywhere, but... No, they're the scourge of the earth. Well, and <laughs> in Kickstarter 1, it's basically you... All fanboys... Oh, yeah. With one hater or one annoying dude asking, like, the question that... Like, the creator's not going to answer you because it's like your one nitpick or your one pet peeve that no one else cares about. Anyways... <laughs> So what did this person ask? No, no, no. This <laughs> oh. no, it was cool because um, I noticed the guy's name was Dennis Dyack, and he he asked the question about Cthulhu Wars. So I was like, "What, Dennis Dyack?" So, and I knew I'd be like the only one who recognized the name. So I was like, "The Dennis Dyack, what?" And then everyone started jumping in. But he was the uh, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to go Google him. Yeah. So he wrote basically and made the first uh. Blood Omen Legacy of Cain game. The way back in the day, 2D, you know. Oh, there's rumors about bringing that back. Well, they they should. And he also did Eternal Darkness, which was a GameCube exclusive, but very Lovecraftian. It was almost like games like Amnesia, Dark Descent, but they messed with with your head, messed with your game. And Hmm. the first time things would happen to you, because the whole idea behind the game like many Lovecraft things, is you're slowly going crazy. And as that's happening, things would happen to your game. Sounds like Kojima. Yeah, it was stuff like that, where, like, the volume would suddenly, you see the volume bar suddenly come up and return all the way down, or your, like, screen would start shifting around. But it'd always be different, and people would go insane in different ways. So it was one of the first games of its time that did things like that. That's cool. Yeah. As a 92 on Metacritic. Eternal Darkness? Yeah. I mean, he did try to kickstart one of the sequels, uh, or a sequel, that did not do well, unfortunately. But I know he's still trying to get that made. He's still making games and stuff. But it it was just, I don't know, just random and so cool just to recognize. See that he's also a fan. Yeah, because he, I guess, just demoed it. Or someone, you know, he played it with someone at a, a convention he was at, and he was like, this was fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go all in. So he was asking what he got and how he can buy everything for it. So I'm like, that's pretty sweet too. Very cool. Yeah. So I do hope they do something with Legacy of Kane. We won't talk about that right now, but that's one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, you had. I think you had all of them, and you just spent hours in the basement. Yeah. I don't know if you were playing that game, but (laughs) So Legacy of Cain, it was one of the most... uh, well-acted series of this time. I think the voice actors and the the art direction behind it, it was just so good. Man, I wasn't going to go into this whole whatever. Do it. But yeah, that's what our podcast is nowadays. Just random tangents. Um, that's how most podcasts work. <laughs> but it, it was so well-acted. And even in that 1992, I think it came out. I don't know. Anyways. In Legacy of Kane, they had that voice acting there. And it was... Because the narration would just come over the top of it. It was almost like listening to an audiobook while walking around this world. And obviously the graphics and stuff are are dated and everything. The story and all that voice acting still holds up. Same thing with Soul Reaver, you know. I'm not saying all the games were, like, perfect. But just the world it built through 
the acting just made it so much more believable and you care cared about the the characters and stuff playing through that story yeah and it was like doing doing that kind of voice acting and narration before the market really took to that so oh absolutely i I believe he only worked on the first one i mean he created that that world um him and another guy I wouldn't recognize his name if he popped up. <laughs> <laughs> that other guy is now offended on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, he was probably there too. <laughs> no. He's like, man. <laughs> He's like, what about me? <laughs> what is interesting, if you follow the history, so after that, Crystal Dynamics took over, or they got the license, whatever, from Silicon Knights, and they made Soul Reaver. Which was a big hit at the time. You know, it was even a Dreamcast uh, title at the time. But so the art director for Soul Reaver was Amy Hennig. She is now known for being art director for stuff like Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, after she left Crystal Dynamics, she went to Naughty Dog and has served as director there. So. I think you can see a lot of that cinematic cinematic storytelling translate from that Soul Reaver and just world building and followed it into the Uncharted series and everything. I think she left Naughty Dog over the whole drama last year or something. Well, anyways, yeah. Uncharted 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Oh. And it joined Visceral Games with Todd Stashwick to work on their Star Wars game. Yeah. All right, so she did do all the Uncharted's. Okay, Soul Reaver 2 and Legacy of Kane Divines, which were uh, the other good ones. So she wrote those games. Yeah, I think she left. So Uncharted 4, I don't know how much she wrote of that. But hopefully it'll be good. Yeah. So anyway, it, it was just interesting to... Um, when I first played the Soul Reaver series and then seeing her name pop up later in, in Uncharted... I don't know, it's more of a, a super nerd moment than anything else uh, with all these things, just recognizing the names. But it, No, it's cool, because like, her work is quality, and you absolutely see and her carry it over to other projects, even like Uncharted's a different genre. Well, and, uh, and seeing like her make hit after hit, it's like, well, there's, she's probably good yeah. at what she does. So the last thing they tried to do with the whole Nosgoth in Legacy of Cain world is almost like a MOBA, but just really bad. It's been an open beta since January, and <laughs> I don't know why you would want to play that, honestly. It's like, let's take everything you loved about this game and do nothing you would like. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Crystal Dynamics, they have done well with the Tomb Raider reboot, so I'm hoping... Yeah. Maybe they can pull together for a sequel or something. I don't know. Most of those people are... Those voice actors are uh, pretty old by now. Yeah, and voices change as you get older, so... Some of them might not even be able to do this, you know, the same sounding voice. Yeah. There was, like, a Cthulhu-esque god just called, like, the the elder or older... Older yeah. god. His voice actor died. Tony J. Um, anyways, that is our Legacy of Cain. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Tangent. One thing about our podcast is that we will always make you go Google random shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Especially, including myself in the middle of the podcast. It's it's badass, though. So they, they like splice together, you know. One thing that I do that for games that I know I'll never play is they splice together like all the cinematic moments with some gameplay in between and make like the. Like they'll have the Uncharted movie, which is basically. Like, yeah. You know, it ends yeah, up no. being over an hour, sometimes like two hours long of, of just, I did that for yeah, the original YouTube. Yeah. I did that for the That'd original be... Starcraft series the other day, just cause like <sighs> to build up to the next one, you know, I forgot all of the like betrayals and stuff, but basically just people betraying folks. That's why I have a, killing the natives. I mean the whole confederacy, I forgot how like, just like, yeah. <laughs> Man, that's like my like worst nightmare though. I hate <laughs> cinematics. I skip them in every single game. Like, I think the only game that I actually watched the cinematics for, and it's kind of embarrassing, is the latest Mortal Kombat because it was actually like, I was actually like entertained because like the first one, 
you have to like do something during it. It's like press X oh. and then you press Y. So you, it makes you watch like the first like uh-huh. five minutes of cinematic. Jared just like, loves overacting. Yeah, but you was... kill this guy <laughs> and fight. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm sure Jared would love Metal Gear games nowadays. Too. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! But like. Yeah, the back in the day, like StarCraft. I guess I watch them now. I guess I watched them more back in the day, but now I'm always just like, I only have like 30 minutes to play. Like, effing <laughs> cinematics, get out my way. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to watch the Warcraft movie when it comes out? People Not are saying theaters. that just looks like a, a cinematic. Or a, yeah. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I don't know. It's. I yeah, don't think there's enough to. meat there. <laughs> Yeah, you will. Like a full, yeah, you will. Full movie out of it. Yeah, right I'll after you it, watch like, Resident Netflix Evil. <laughs> when it comes out like a week after it ends theaters. No, you're going to double feature Resident <laughs> Evil and then more, more, more. No, Resident Evil is just like a, I don't know. It's the guilty pleasure. Yeah, me and Zach were talking about it actually when he was here this weekend. We were saying how we had to go and how we were the only people in the theater when we went last time. Really? Oh, I rewatched the second I, one during Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the early ones are good. I like the second one. Yeah. That's my favorite the, one. They just run out of things to, like, talk about, but they don't want to end the series. Yeah. Just like The Walking Dead. Are you guys playing Battlefront? I'm about to go to the midnight opening pick it up yeah so anyways uh, moving star on from wars star Jay. wars oh, no, star no. wars <laughs> hey, hey, hey. i'm not watching any of the trailers or i haven't watched the latest yeah one or... i haven't watched any of them i'm just gonna I wait for the last two and watch yeah it. don't i mean they they're starting to reveal more and more well, stuff i have some of the um like movie sites on my my newsfeed and fight Facebook, and it's just so annoying because they post every single little like useless like detail. Yeah, it's not even like a detail. Sure. It's just like a this speculation on. Yeah, this. yeah. I've I've stopped watching them. There's... I'm just sick of all that crap. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be a good movie, and I'm excited to watch it. But I don't need to be. I don't know. Even like Suicide Squad, I'm I'm done. I I just don't want to hear about Jared Leto's method acting. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. He's doing something he's always done before. <laughs> like, he's still doing it now. Like, come on now, okay? How, how many times can you talk? And it's not like he's the first method actor, you know? Right. Like, next I think time, it's just the internet in general. It's just it is. overhype on everything. Yeah. I mean, next time Daniel Day-Lewis does a movie, it's going to be, like, the same thing. He was... <laughs> he was the character. Yeah. I didn't even meet the real Daniel Day Lewis because <laughs> who cares? It could still be a crappy movie just because you're a good actor. <sighs> yeah, actually, I'm really worried about Suicide Squad. We'll see. Donovan has been. Um, I put on Justice League for him just because you know. So he's been into that. So I've been watching those. Pretty good. I knew he would like the Flash. He's like obsessed with speed. I don't know why. The CW show? Like, he watches occasionally episodes of that. He likes the animated one better, just because it's a cartoon, but... Dude, CW shows, it's legit. It's it's fun. Yeah, I watched the first couple episodes. I like it. Yeah, the only person that doesn't like it is Dean, like, because he hates on it. Oh, no, you guys you guys need to catch up on that show, like... Oh, I'll, I'm it... up to date. Okay. I, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, th- this season, Jay, uh, you'll, you'll like some of the cameos. Okay. I won't spoil yeah. it, but... Oh, I'm excited for, what, tomorrow's episode now? I was holding off on it for a while because I was trying to get through Arrow. and Oh, no, Arrow's, Arrow's crap compared to The Flash. Well, it's just, like, too serious for itself, you know? And I feel like yeah. some of their teases are too early or they, they work the same thread for too long in the show, so it just becomes, like... Arrow is basically point. Batman and all the character tendencies and plot points. Of the Batman mythos. It is, but what's really annoying about Arrow is the island, because anytime they need to, like, introduce a retcon or do anything, it becomes, yeah. oh, this happened on the island, though. You just haven't heard about it until now, but yeah, this is why like, this character... Guess what? He is back, <laughs> flashbacking 
to the island this season, which is annoying the crap out of me. I, I think this season's better than last season, though. Yeah. I've enjoyed the villains and the people they've encountered so far. Yeah, the spoiler, Jay, they even brought back Constantine. Right, that, that's what I was referring to. I thought that was awesome, an awesome episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really good cameo character. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I am liking The Flash. I just don't watch it as much uh, because I try to save it for when my kid is there. Yeah, that's that's the only one I would recommend out of the whole, you know, current slew of uh, DC. Of uh, no, just like any superhero show. Um, Daredevil was really good, so I have hopes for Jessica Jones being good. Yeah. But uh, see, I'm more. I think Jessica Jones is gonna be better than Daredevil. Yeah, I, I can see that. I've seen I can see it that. stuff. Yeah, maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the actress, but oh, did you just... watch Daredevil, Jay? No, you didn't. You didn't like "Don't Trust the Bee" in Apartment Twenty Three. <laughs> I, I love that I watched show. All of that. I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> that show's hilarious. <laughs> James Vanderbeek. So yeah, watch Flash. Yeah, I will. Just not Gotham. Just not Gotham. Oh no, Gotham's terrible. Terrible. Is it really that bad? I've been so tempted to watch it. What? Michael Chiklis is on it now. No, don't. I'm. I'm ser- like. You'll just get mad, like. But what about Supergirl? <laughs> yeah, I watched the pilot and it was horrible. It was like a, like you know how the Amazing Spider-Man two movie was kind of like, why did they try to rip off a '90s superhero movie? Because that doesn't work in modern day. Supergirl was like that, and I guess one Reddit post said it the best. Like, her character is female. They're trying to ram girl power down your throat and um. feminism. And yeah, she's not a very well developed character in the pilot. Hey, it worked for Gem and the Holograms. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1.2 million on over 2,000 screens. <laughs> they, they pulled that movie after two weeks, man. This, oh my did God. it make two of... weeks? Yeah. Yeah. It That's would... how long the Steve Jobs movie got, right? Two weeks? Yeah, three weeks? <laughs> Okay, that movie I've heard is actually good. Like, or yeah. it got reviewed uh, well. Yeah, it didn't get like a sixteen on. <laughs> no, but like Gem and the Holograms, they like basically did nothing that made the cartoon cool, and then yeah, probably tried to ram girl power down people's throats. Yeah, but teeny bopper girl power, which is like not even real. First, yeah, it's like believe in your YouTube dreams. all right i I don't even know where we're at right now So two games I did want to uh, get to, even though we haven't played, I wanted to talk about the the concept and stuff and the theme, because I find it really interesting. And also interesting that there's a couple of games with that theme out right now. So the most recent one, um, and pretty popular right now, is called Time Stories. Time, at, like each letter is abbreviated because it's like 1990. Yeah. But basically... Oh, I should mention the other game. The other game is called Tragedy Looper, uh, but both of them revolve around or have some type of time travel theme incorporated into it. And as the name maybe Tragedy Looper gives away, you go through time loops. So if you've ever... Looper was a good movie. Well, Looper didn't have loops, though. It was just... This one's just more tragic. Anyways, um... (laughs) So Groundhog Day, I guess I've never seen that, but I actually haven't seen it either. I've seen it. Oh wow, Jared. I've also seen it. <laughs> Jared, I can't believe you've seen a movie. <laughs> it's a it's a white person movie. <laughs> I was gonna say that. I, I'll, I was I'll totally admit it. Like, <laughs> no, it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, it is. It's, it's all right. I mean, you gotta like uh, Bill Murray. 
yeah, yeah. Bill Mur- Murray, or you'll hate it. Do you not know how to say his name? <laughs> I just kind of blanked on his name. I had his face in my mind. I yeah. just couldn't. Uh... Jared, Jared's bad with actors, and just, I'm terrible. He's good. I'm he's like, like that one dude, that one guy, yeah. and that thing. But <laughs> I um... recognize him. <laughs> I don't remember from where or what his name is. The most recent movie with this probably Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, who was who was also in Looper. <laughs> no, Edge of Tomorrow was like. Oh, they marketed that so bad, but it's a great. Movie. Yeah, that movie's a good awesome. Movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen yeah, it, it really go good. watch it. It's probably like one of the best movies of last year, whenever it came out. Uh, anyway. I'm just, I'm so mad they changed the original name of the light novel. It used to be called uh, "All You Need Is Kill." Yeah, but that's like that's English. That's awesome English. No, I I think they they tried to go with like their tagline instead of "Live Die Repeat," which yeah. Well, yeah, they they changed it to that after after the video release because Edge of Tomorrow sounded so generic that nobody went to go see that movie in theaters. Anyways, so these games both revolve around that mechanic where you play through the game and you fail. You die, the loop ends, whatever. And then, but now you have uh, more information that you've gained from that loop. So when you go back to the starting point again, you have all that information you may have to do things over again uh in order to you know get to that next point but you go through a couple loops until you you gain enough information to either stop it or you run out of time and you fail so time stories is completely cooperative so everyone's working together in order to i guess solve this mystery well tragedy looper on the other hand is it's a one versus all so you have it's called the mastermind in the game, and he kind of sets traps. He can bluff people, and it's much more mind game-y because he can, you see where he's playing cards and who he's manipulating, but you don't know if they're the actual like key people who are being affected or if he's just bluffing, like I said. So then the rest of you protagonists are trying to stop the mastermind. So, like I said, we haven't tried these games actually, but for whatever reason... I stumbled across them, but the mechanic just sounds interesting enough where you have to play through a couple times. And I, I just wonder if it works, right? Because I feel like with the movies, like Edge of Tomorrow, what works is that you don't watch the entire sequence over. So you watch it once, you watch it a second time. After that, they start cutting to like the key moments. I just wonder if... Yeah, you know, it, it, it's almost comedic at some point when uh, you just see fail. the protagonist yeah. like, frustrated. Yeah. So I just wonder how that'll will translate as you're looping through if it's just like we have to do this over again or if it's fun like gaining the information you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but i I think just as in theory you know that mechanic just sounds very interesting so i hope we'll get to try it out and uh, be able to i guess say what we think about that well i really like z-man z-man games um so if they put it out it's always, I think it's worth a gamble. They put out quality. Tragedy Looper was originally a Japanese game, Japanese designer from like Baka Fire. Yeah, you can see from the box art. It's yeah, anime. so I know a lot of people just like, they avoid anything anime related just <laughs> for the heck of it. There are also people <laughs> gravitate towards it. I think it's interesting though, just maybe seeing, because you know, you talk about Ameritrash in, in Euro because of the styles of games and while they're not necessarily relegated to nationality of the designers or the tendency of the gamers it is interesting i think seeing a game designed from just a different perspective or or culture and how it translates to i guess western quote-unquote board gaming yeah i don't know if i've ever played a japanese board game before because even that weird (laughs) <laughs> that weird like no, Kirby that was, Nazi one. That, that was just a reskin of a existing game, so I don't think it was Japanese. Oh man, Barbarossa. Yep. <laughs> it happened. I liked it. <laughs> Two things I did want to touch on real quick. I did get a copy of Code Names, so I'm sure we'll try that. That is like the game that has been just blowing up. We mentioned it on our Gen Con recap podcast. But it has proven just as popular afterwards as it is when 
when it was announced and first played. So it's been selling out basically every time it's been available, both online and in retail. I did get my hands on a copy. I got one actually early on, but being the good game store employee I am, I sold the last copy we had to a customer instead of keeping it for myself. (laughs) Or we would have had it months ago. I think that's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) You could have at least, like, opened it for us on the podcast and then Uh, sold it to somebody. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're right, because I would have been able to sell it for second market price. Profit. No. (laughs) No, those games have been going for high prices. But it's a short game. Um, I think it even plays with just two people. Two to eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it's supposed to play fast, but really fun. It's kind of a, a mind game. Um, you help your teammates. I don't know. We'll talk about it after we play it. I'm sure we'll have things to say. And then the other one I want to mention is Pandemic Legacy. Is another... Yeah, Pandemic. So, Pandemic Legacy, like other games with the, the Legacy, I don't know, subtitle. Like Risk Legacy, for instance. Pandemic Legacy takes the game and turns it into a... Dice rolling game. <laughs> what? No, no. Uh, a campaign. <laughs> turns it into more of a campaign or a stretched out um, series of games that changes based on your group and how your group does with it so that every experience is different. So, you can play basic Pandemic with Pandemic Legacy, but the reason why you pick it up is so that things develop over time. It's through a series, like, of a year, so you have... I know there's months involved, because people will see, like, spoilers for April, or spoilers for, you know, March, whatever. Um, But you play through it multiple times, and the gameplay is either slightly changed or radically changed based on what's happening. So instead of just, we saved the world this one time, it's a much more gradual and thematic experience. So by the end of it, I don't know. I'm guessing it's somewhat like more RPG-ish in the sense that you have a story to tell at the end of the day. Where this happened, you know, in this month and it went crazy and we tried to stop it. And you make, I guess, decisions that last throughout the entire campaign. So a decision you make can have effect on your game sessions further on down the road. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's a cool, I guess, concept. It definitely it brings attention to your board game, but it also gives it more legs in some ways. Because people, I don't know, some people like kind of just storm through these sessions and they're already done with the campaign. And they've already played it like a dozen times, which... I envy the time you have. No, I feel like if we... Okay, if we bought that game, we'd probably... It would take us a year to get through it. We'd play it, like, once a month if we're lucky. And then... Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Which, hey, if it starts in January, maybe we'll pick it up in January and start from there. <laughs> but I think it's cool. It's a cool way to uh, expand on board games and give them that storytelling, I don't know, aspect to it. I think that's why we love RPGs. It's yeah. funny because anytime you hear people talk about like the RPGs to each other, it, it sounds like they've, they're talking about like an experience they went through for real. <laughs> I don't know. And anyone around you, you know, who has no idea what happened, they're like, what? That's a, that's the biggest nerd ever. No, my buddy was like, are, are you guys like casting spells? Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Because the way you describe it to each other, it sounds real, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then I did like this. when we did this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's a, it's a good time. I'm really looking forward to continuing RPG as well. Yeah. Just stop getting sick, all y'all. I'm getting better. <clears throat> but I, I did want to talk about the, pot, uh, the actual play. I meant to do this at the beginning. That way, uh, everyone who's, like, joining us for that portion... We'll hear it, but uh, we've already lost all of you by now. Uh, (laughs) You can just add something at the beginning. No, I'm too lazy for that, man. I hate adding anything in. 
yeah, so we'll, we'll just keep trying to put those out, you know, as often as we can. We kind of heard about how, how busy our, I guess, our play schedule is right now, trying to do all that. Plus, we're, we're just so behind on videos uh, and getting them out there. Yeah, keep tuning in to the actual play. We're really happy that Chaosium were, were, was able to share that out, and hopefully um, we'd really like to hear some feedback. Like That's probably your number one thing. I mean, it's fun listening to yourself. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's fu- it's fun listening to the actual plays. Your head's getting bigger. No, no. It was fun listening to the RPG because, you know, you, you forget some things or you miss some things. But to hear it back. And I think definitely years down the road, listening to that adventure again, you know, uh, lets you relive those experiences and stuff. So we're having a blast doing it. I will say we are settling in to role-playing. Like it's been a long time since I've ran an RPG and, and kept one. So, and this is the first time I'm doing the a longer campaign. So sometimes, you know, there's been a couple times where I've let some things slip too early. I actually <laughs> cut a few minutes out of the first one because I left some extra information in. So, um, but yeah, I think it'll just get better and better. And you guys are settling into your characters a little bit. And just letting the, the Garfield game... Hernandez. Yeah. Okay. Sean, yeah, we're working on your <laughs> <laughs> He sent me a picture of his investigator sheet today. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Oh man. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we're working on that. But we're suddenly into the investigators instead of making it so because you guys um, some more than others are, are more used to like gaming, you know what I mean? Min-maxing and getting the best advantage while role-playing goes so much against it. At least, you know, to have the most amount of fun with it. You don't care about that stuff and just let, what would your character do? And I think we're settling into that a little bit more. I'm getting more comfortable with keeping and letting you guys speak and talk about your own actions instead of me describing everything for you. That way it's a, it is a collaborative effort like it's supposed to be. So it's not just my adventure I'm telling you, but, you know, your adventure that we, that we tell together. So right. should be fun. Um, we'll have episode two. I don't know if it's going to post. It might have already been posted before this one goes live. But either way, we'll keep those coming out along with our regular podcasts. So any other thoughts from you guys? Star Wars Battlefront. <clears throat> Alright, that's an easy cut to make. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a... <laughs> nah, so uh, keep keep listening, spread the word, especially on those actual plays, you know. I hope some of you uh, board gamers who have never played an RPG or have no idea what it's like, really give it a chance because it's... I think they're fun to listen to. I listen to actual plays myself. Because it is about the story. And you don't have to really know the game system to know what's going on. You just have to listen and, and hope that um, the players do a good job of telling that story for you. But yeah, continue listening. Subscribe if you haven't. You can find us, the podcast, on iTunes and everything. We may branch off and have the actual plays into their own feed as well. But we will continue to host them on the regular Out of Space Games feed. That way you can find everything in one Nice and convenient location. Let's get up to three listeners. Yeah. If you want to watch some of our uh, unboxings and, I guess, reviews soon, and other play sessions and stuff, check out our YouTube channel at Out of Space Games. The best way to get a hold of us is on Facebook or Twitter at Out of Space Games, or you can email us, outofspacegames at gmail.com. We made our first post on Google+, Plus, <laughs> Out of Space Games. Uh, <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just, I don't know. <laughs> Did it? It's out there. Hey man, some people love that Google Plus stuff. So yeah, they're called Google employees. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah, we're on Google Plus. I get no, or we'll get notifications if you <laughs> contact us there. Other than that, please give us your feedback. We're always looking for feedback. How we can improve what you like. If you give us feedback, we'll probably actually do it. 
Honestly, yeah. Because we get yeah. we get so many comments. It's it's <laughs> it's real easy to incorporate. Like if you ask us to talk in like funny accents next week, hey, we might have some funny accents. Yeah, Jared will be love to do that for you. No, so. Dave Dave. Oh, Jared really loves it, it when I do funny accents. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're really a podcast for the people, so get a hold of us. We'd be more than willing to respond to you, talk to you. But I think that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Jay. My name is Sean. I'm David. And I'm Jared. Brought a space game. Oh, you know, they when they do subtitles, they actually do pew, pew, pew for Justice League. Like when they, I know. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. <laughs>